You're listening to episode 272 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today I am bringing back a repeat guest. (laughs) This is a favorite on this podcast, a favorite of mine personally. Uh, We are talking to Sarah Swain today, and Sarah and I are having a conversation about how to both take and utilize tough feedback and when to say fuck it and not even use it at all. (laughs) Because sometimes we have to be discerning about feedback, right? We can get uh, really great feedback that is super helpful. And sometimes you may get feedback that is kind of bullshit and you don't actually need to do anything with it whatsoever. (laughs) And that's the feedback that you can just trash. So the reason why Sarah and I wanted to have this conversation is because she she and I are both uh, type 8 Enneagrams. And we are both very direct humans, (laughs) incredibly direct. We have no problem saying what we need to say. And sometimes uh, it's that level of directness isn't always received well, even if we say something with all kinds of love and compassion and all of those things. And Sarah um, has been my business coach in the past and she has had to give me some very, very tough feedback at times. And she has often actually complimented me (laughs) on my ability to take the tough feedback and to, I I hope, usually actually do something with it as well. And we get into all of that today about how how to take it, how to utilize it, how to use it to your advantage in a lot of ways. So I've also referenced uh, Sarah's other three podcast episodes um, that she's been on here in the show notes. I highly recommend going to check them out. She is an absolute wealth of information. And she left her six-figure corporate gig uh, way back in January of 2018 with no backup plan other than the fact that she trusted herself to make this happen. And three years later, she's now the proud owner of a Canadian media company and publishing house, GCW Publishing House, um, a mentor to emerging leaders in entrepreneurship, and strategist to online service-based business owners. The woman is brilliant. Sarah is absolutely brilliant. She has been absolutely instrumental in uh, my business and changing, help me, helping me to change directions to where I am now as well. So I cannot say enough great things about this amazing woman. And if you are listening to this in real time, uh, today is also her birthday. So please go over to Instagram and she is over at I am Sarah Swain. All, everything is listed in the show notes to reach out to her. Please go wish this incredible human a very, very happy birthday. And let's get into the whole episode. Hello, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> It's been a long time since we podcasted together and I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you too. What is this number four for me now? I think this is number four for you on the Room to Grow podcast. Yes. <laughs> do, do I still have the record? Uh, which which record? There's several. Of, of how many times one guest has been on your show. <laughs> I think you're number two. But the only other one who's, who's beat you is my other friend, Christina. That's the only other one who's beat you. <laughs> I'll take it. Second place. So for anyone who uh, has not heard Sarah before on the podcast, all of the episodes will be referenced. We have done some bangers, including how to nobodies from Canada created chart topping podcasts. We I did that one. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> they will all be referenced. So Sarah, for anyone who has been living under a rock and is new to you, give us, uh, give us the gist of who you are, especially in a post 2020 world. <laughs> oh my gosh. How does one even answer that these days? Um, in short, I'm a business owner times two. I run GCW publishing house, uh, Canadian based publishing house, where we focus on nonfiction stories 
And I'm also an online business strategist, which is uh, something that I'm wildly excited about because uh, starting my own online business three years ago now um, radically changed the entire trajectory of my life. And I love being able to help other people do that for themselves too. So that's what I'm doing in my professional life. Uh, personally speaking, I live in Alberta, Canada with my husband, Rob, and our furry zoo, uh, two dogs and a cat. And most of the time that we have a free second uh, between both of our work schedules, we're usually off in the Rocky Mountains playing around somewhere because um, it's my favorite place to be. And I'm blessed to be able to live so close to them. So that was the 45 second version of who I am. And I can't wait to come visit you in the mountains. I'm very I can't excited. wait. I can't wait either. <laughs> um, and I also have to give you a shout out for anyone who listens to this podcast. You have heard me reference Sarah on multiple other episodes because Sarah has played a pivotal role in both my personal and my professional life because you have been my business coach uh more than once <laughs> like, yeah, like a couple of times. like a couple separate time frames <laughs> you've been you've been my business coach and then just as a friend like you'll throw me like these like firebomb tidbits sometimes and I'm like oh yes I need to adopt that yes so you are the biggest reason as to why uh I finally switched into human connection where everyone around me including you was like why haven't you been doing this <laughs> Why are you not doing this? This is what you do oh, anyway. Yes. Yes. So I give you all the credit in the world and your brilliance is just astounding. So I cannot recommend you, you highly enough. So thank you. Oh my gosh. So tell, we, we are going to talk about how to take, we're going to talk about how to take negative feedback today. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're, we're going to come at this from a few different angles. It's going to be more of a conversation than an interview, which I tend to be doing more of lately. And I think we're, we've also agreed that we can use me as exhibit A <laughs> to take negative feedback because some of the feedback you've given me before would have crushed most humans. But yep, that's it. And you gave it to me. And I just like, I took it like bulletproof style. I'm like, mm -hmm, you did. Okay. And so we're going to, we're going to break this down a little bit. <laughs> Let's get into it. So good. All right. So where do you want to start? Like we, we can start this however, however you want. Like what, what is sort of the first thing that comes to mind when you think about how to take ne negative feedback? Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is the difference between negative feedback and feedback that's just really tough to swallow, but it's feedback that we need such an important um, distinction. Yeah. Yeah. In order for us to grow, we need feedback, but that doesn't mean that we're always sitting here on the receiving end of it being like, thank you so much for crushing my heart with what you just said. I'll take that into consideration on my personal growth journey. Um, you know, negative feedback to me is, is the unsolicited stuff from people who really don't get to uh, be taken into consideration when I am carving out my path uh, forward, whether it's personally or professionally. Um, and the ability to discern, you and I were chatting about this and you told me to stop talking because we're going to start recording because I started to get into this just before <laughs> we hit record here. But the ability to discern like who whose feedback am I actually going to take into consideration and the ability uh, for us when we're on the receiving end of, of feedback is to be able to differentiate uh, between a source that is uh, valuable to us, that we would likely seek advice from, that we would likely see as someone that we look up to or admire or uh, aspire to be like, or maybe they already have the things that we aspire to achieve for ourselves, or maybe they are our loved ones. And this is also a gray area too, when you think about your loved ones, because just because they are, you know, a dear friend of yours or a loving, doting family member or parent also doesn't necessarily mean that their feedback is warranted or that we're obligated to receive it. So this kind of gray area that exists, and, and I always look at things from a, a business lens. And I see feedback, you know, the tough feedback as being the biggest roadblock for people when it comes to even allowing them to just start 
on their business journey because the ability to differentiate between whose feedback actually gets to come to the table here for me and my journey forward and whose needs to just be, we're just going to shush that one down a little bit. Thank you very much. And continue moving forward without applying what it is that they're suggesting we do. So that's kind of where I'd love to play today is, is in that the, the, the weird area of, okay, I just got feedback. Doesn't necessarily feel good. Um, what do I do with it? If anything at all? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that discernment piece is so crucial because this is what holds so many people back from starting in the first place is yeah. the concern about the feedback that they might get from haters or trolls or, or whatever on the internet. Yes. And those are the ones that I would argue, not all of the time, but I, I would argue a large percentage of the time is probably worth setting aside. That does not make it sting any less. Right. And that does not mean that it is going to feel warm and fuzzy when you get it. Yeah. But I, I had a, a business coach who would congratulate us when, uh, when we would get shitty feedback online, because she's like, amazing. Congratulations. The sooner you get that type of feedback, the better, because then you start to develop a thicker skin. Yes. Because you're only going to continue to get feedback like that from people on the internet, especially yes. in the Ooh. highly polarized times that we are living in right now. Oh yeah. You can't say anything right online right now. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like it completely exacerbated since even just three years ago when I started online, <clears throat> but this whole, um, yeah, building the resilience to be able to let things roll off you a little easier. The trap that I see people walking into, um, whether you're starting a business or not, it's just, let's just talk about just showing up online period is when you're not showing up as yourself, but a part of yourself, a fragment of yourself, an embellished version of yourself, a false, entirely false version of yourself. The feedback that you're getting when you're not the truest version of yourself, what do you do with that feedback? Is that feedback about you as an individual, or is it about the mask of an individual that you're wearing and putting on every single time you show up? And, you know, the best thing that I can recommend to people, if they're, if they're trying to show up as this different version of themselves in order to try and mitigate any negative feedback they may get, it's not a sustainable approach because you're literally um, suffocating yourself and your form of expression and your true self, your thoughts, your beliefs, your personality, your weirdness, whatever it is that you think you need to hide in order to protect yourself from receiving uncomfortable feedback. Well, what happens on the day where you tell yourself, I can't do this anymore? And then you've built up no resilience because you have been showing up in a way that pleases everybody this entire time. So now let's just say you are operating a business and three years in, you decide to take the masks off and be like, screw it. I'm no longer going to try and be authentic. I'm actually going to be authentic, which is how that works anyway. And you have fooled the people that have followed you. And they're like, hold on a second. I don't know if I like this other version of you. And now all of a sudden, this is the first time that you're on the receiving end of people's feedback about the way that you show up, about whatever it is that they don't like. And you haven't built up that resilience. You haven't given yourself the opportunity to receive feedback or be on the receiving end of less than desirable comments from people on the interwebs. Um, you're robbing yourself of growth opportunity when you try and control people giving you feedback by morphing yourself into a version that will make them not want to give you feedback because they like how you're showing up. It's comfortable for them. Um, you're playing to their tune. You're not ruffling their feathers. You're keeping them comfortable. And when we do that, um, a, you, 
we'll exhaust ourselves because we can't keep up with every single person's expectations of how we show up. It's impossible. Uh, and, and B, like you say, if we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to get that, that, Ooh, okay. That kind of stung that comment or that DM that I just got, like, what the heck is that about? What's this, what's this person's problem? The next one, you don't, it, it, it doesn't get easier because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to actually receive it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, as humans, we ultimately just always want to feel seen, heard, and understood yeah. both as, as human beings and as the human being who is potentially running, running a business or whatever area of your life you're showing up in, that's ultimately what we all want. And you will never feel that way if you continue to live under the masks. But I think that the other really important part about being able to, to take tough feedback is like you, you, like you mentioned about growing, it's about how you view it. Mm -hmm. So if you view feedback as an opportunity to grow, mm -hmm. then it might not feel quite so harsh because you're like, okay, I'm getting this feedback now, but I can use this to make it better. Assuming that it's coming from a source that you respect and, and trust and all of those things. Like when, when you have given me tough feedback before I have taken it really well, partly because I trust and respect you. I think that you have a huge amount of expertise, especially in the area that you are giving me feedback on. Um, you also happen to know me really well. So, and, and because of that, I also know that it's coming to me with love. That will yeah. not always be the case when we receive feedback, obviously, <laughs> but whenever you give me feedback, I know that it's, it's coming with, with love. And just as like one example, when we did uh, a VIP day, you gave me some tough feedback, girlfriend, like tough feedback. And what was even more interesting about that was that I was in the depths of depression at the time, mm. like the depths of depression, but you were not gentle with me, which I actually preferred because mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who wants to be like coddled or like treated with kid gloves yeah. or, you know, something like, 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 that's just not my vibe. So I actually appreciated that even though you knew I was struggling emotionally, you still were not shy about giving me feedback that you knew I needed to hear mm -hmm. because you knew that I, I was capable of taking it to learn and to grow from. And I so appreciated that. That in conjunction with knowing that, um, with that specific example, knowing that part of the reason why you were in such a low space is because you weren't seeing what was obviously sitting right in front of you. Um, and when it comes to the responsibility of the, the feedbacker is, is that a feedbacker? feedbacker? We're going to make that a thing. I like feedbacker it. and feedbacky. <laughs> I enjoy this. <laughs> I enjoy this new terminology, <laughs> especially, especially in, uh, in a professional type relationship. Um, there's a responsibility on the person giving the feedback to, know and understand how that person needs to be delivered that feedback in order for it to actually um, do the thing that that person needs the most. Um, and, and that is something that comes with, uh, you know, understanding leadership skills and communication skills and interpersonal skills. All of those things are a major factor in how you give feedback and not everybody has those skills either, right? So, you know, that's another thing to take into consideration when it's when it's being dished to you. If that person um, is taking no consideration whatsoever in how to relay or communicate something to you that they genuinely want you to know um, for the betterment of yourself or your profession, then is that something to take into consideration? Do you have to immediately say, wow, yes, you're right. I've really been terrible at this. Thank you so much. I'm going to go fix this now. If that person just, you know, haphazardly, you know, knocks you sideways with this out of nowhere, um, is that fair too, right? And there has to be some sort of responsibility on both parts to know what to do when that feedback communication is occurring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have so many thoughts on that because I tend to almost refer to that as um, like being a bit of an emotional translator Yeah, because you have to be able to read the room, read, read your audience, figure out how, like, this is a skill, figure out how the other person can not only 
how you can find ways to to present the, the information in a way that they will respond well. Yeah. And not not respond well as in, you know, we can't control how someone else reacts to us ever. Obviously, no. that's that's just not part of the game. But if we are coming at it from a place of genuine kindness mm-hmm. and, you know, respect and, and, and trying to really help someone, that's great. Your intentions will only go so far because you can't control how the other person receives it. But if you can become a bit of an emotional translator, it certainly makes it a lot more smooth in, in my personal experience. And there's also a huge element of trust to this yeah. because... I, the people that I love and respect the most in my life are the ones who will give it to me straight. Mm-hmm. And I, I trust that they will give it to me straight. I trust that you will. I have other close friends that I know that if they had an issue with me or if, if they had an issue with something I was doing, or if I was crossing a boundary, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. or otherwise, I know that they would tell me because yeah. there's nothing worse than like that betrayal of even if, you know, somebody isn't like out talking shit about you, it doesn't even have to be about that. But if they're like thinking even one thing about you, but then they're not actually communicating it, that's a breach in trust. That's huge. absolutely. So I only surround myself or I do my best to only surround myself to the best of my knowledge with people that I know if they have feedback to give me, I want to hear it yeah. because I'd rather that they tell me than keep it to themselves and be like thinking or, or wishing or hoping that I would do something differently without actually telling me. The, the passive stuff, right? Yes. And, you know, you and I have a similar personality type. And I think that also played a role in me knowing um, with certainty that you would be able to uh, be on the receiving end of the feedback I had for you with a heightened level of emotional intelligence too. Um, and, and that's our responsibility mm-hmm. when we are receiving feedback or whether we're asking for feedback, like, like you said, give it to me straight. Don't bullshit me just tell me, don't, don't act one way and then speak another way or think another way. Like, let's just be real with each other. Um, having that level of emotional intelligence to be able to, okay, that, that didn't necessarily feel good. Um, but you know, having the ability to process it, sit with something, think about it as opposed to the, uh, reactionary of, I'll go so far as to say most people, the reactionary response, which is to get defensive um, and to try and defend their position or defend their action or defend their choice or whatever it is that they're receiving the feedback on. Um, and I, I think a lot of people like to think that they can take direct feedback when, when they say things like you just said, like, give it to me straight. Don't, don't, you know, beat around the bush with me. Like, just, just be direct. Um, can you actually receive that? I think it's, it's nice to think that we all can. Um, it's not easy to do, to actually receive direct and very potent feedback. Um, I, think it, I think it depends on a number of things. Um, self-efficacy is huge when it comes to discerning whether or not feedback is meant for you or if it's something that you can just say you know thanks whether that was solicited or unsolicited and move on or whether it's something say you know what um i know myself well enough to know that he or she is right about what they said even though it stings (laughs) and you can feel that difference like if if you actually allow yourself to feel it you can feel the difference where somebody points something out where you're like oh this is something i've been lying to myself about um, I, I, I know that they're right, but I don't want them to be right. I don't want them to be right. Feel that. Yes. Yeah. You just said something super freaking important though. Um, it was <sighs> lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. That is, if I think about my own personal experiences, when it comes to receiving tough feedback, <laughs> those are the hardest ones for me is when uh, someone tells me who, you know, qualifies, let's, let's use the word qualify as someone that I will willingly and happily receive and hear feedback from. If they hit that spot on me that I know I'm bullshitting myself about, or it is that, that part of me that's not being true to myself or not standing firmly in what I believe in, or, 
I'm being passive about something, but on the inside, I'm like fired the hell up and I'm not granting myself the ability to be in my full expression out of fear of what other people may think. Like all of those situations like that are the ones that burn the most because I know they're right. So it's, it's a, it's a combination of, okay, that just stung because someone observed something in me that they felt that they had to call out mixed with, and this is, uh, as, as you know, an Enneagram eight mixed it mixed with a Taurus. If we're going into the astrology thing, you want to talk about stubborn and hard headed, um, hard for me to grasp that I let that happen within myself. And so it's kind of like this, this dueling thing where it's like, Oh, the sting of the feedback. And then, Oh, the shame of Sarah, how could you not see this? Or how did you not know better? Or why did you allow yourself to do this? Like, what were you thinking? So there's kind of like multiple, multiple things happening emotionally in my body all at the same time that need to occur in order for me to actually process it, um, sit with it, um, and then understand how to move forward with it and do better. That shame piece is huge. I'm so oh, yeah. glad you brought that up because there, there can be this moment, like when, when the feedback hits us and I've had moments where I'm not somebody who blushes easily. If I blush, like I'm really, you've really fucking <laughs> flustered me. Cause I, Same. I, I don't get, I don't get flustered easily. I don't, I don't do the rash thing. Some people no. are so obvious, right? All of a sudden yes. their neck just flush. Right. And you know that there's a physiological experience yes. that's happening, even though they may not be articulating it, you can see it. I'm so glad I don't have that because I am too. Whew, I, the amount of times I feel things, but like no one would know yes. because my face is like a stone. <laughs> Which can be both a good thing and a bad thing sometimes, but yes. Even if you're playing yeah. poker. And I, I am not somebody who is easily flustered like that, I, especially after the shit I've been through in the last few years, like not yeah, much no faces me, but it's just- that, that shame that we can feel coming up. Mm. Like that's when we also have to figure out, okay, like, what do I do with this, with this yeah. feedback now? Like, how do I process it? And there's also, I think that there's a lot of power sometimes in taking the feedback and then just literally like walking away from the conversation, not yeah. walking away, like slamming a door, but just going like, okay, I need to absorb this Yes, and allowing yourself the space and time to actually let it marinate a little bit. And let it sink in and be like, okay, that's where, that's where you can take the time to be more discerning and go, how much of this is true? How much, you know, can, do, can I take out of this? Can I grow from this? There, there's so many different ways that we can take with that, but sometimes we need that, that little bit of space yes. to just allow it to, to sit. And then we can come back to the conversation and have further communication with it. But that granting yourself that space is like a necessary gift sometimes. Absolutely. And, and that's, I mean, it's no different for simplifying it, no different than the 24 hour rule, right? When, yeah. when you're working and you get that email and you just want to be like, rah, with whatever the heck it is. <laughs> like when PR reps email me as a podcast host, those, no, okay. I'm not going to go there. Oh, um, I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. But you know, it's like, let's just sit with this and I'll respond when I'm not. <laughs> throwing laser beams out of my eyeballs. So I don't come across as more of a jerk than I am. <laughs> um, but it's the same, it's the same concept. And, and as you were saying that I was, uh, reflecting on like, yeah, that is, that is what I do because now anyway, <laughs> old me would have either done one of two things. I would have told them where to go and to piss off and get out of my space. How dare you kind of approach or complete other end of the spectrum, I would have tried to immediately resolve the thing that they were upset about Same. to try and create comfort and peace and harmony in that relationship again, like, like fix it as soon as possible so that we can move past this. Um, and they won't be uh, uncomfortable or upset uh, around whatever it is they were giving me feedback on. That's the people pleaser in me. And now, after 
many, 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 many years of personal work. Uh, that's the thing. It, it's that space that, okay, just received this. And, and on the inside of my body, it's like this surge of discomfort. And that's when I know that, okay, this is one that I think I need to listen to. And, and shame is the thing that comes up that it's different than receiving feedback. And you're like, screw you, like get out of here, you internet troll or whatever, you know, whatever weird things coming your way. It's just more of an annoying feeling or like, are you freaking serious? Like, I don't have time for this. And away you go. But when you get that, like, almost like that fire going through your body internally, it's like, okay, this, this means I need to be paying attention to this one. It's a full stress response. Like the entire body, your whole nervous system, your entire, yes, your entire nervous system goes into overdrive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's now my cue. It's like, okay, uh, receive whatever this was. All right. And let myself have space to process it. And, and there have been times where depending on what the feedback was, uh, it could take days. It could take weeks. It could take full-blown sleepless nights because I am wrestling with um, the conflicting emotions that I feel between, oh my God, they were right. Oh my God, Sarah, you moron. Oh my God. Who the, who the heck do they think they are trying to cut, trying to help me, you know? And they're like all these rattling things flying around and you know, actually not like literally losing sleep over it, but this, this process that I have to allow myself to go through, use the word marinade. That's literally exactly what it is because it has to sink in. Yeah, It has to sink in. And if you're, if you're approaching it the way old me would have, or it's like, let's just fix this right now. And then we can go back to being normal. It's not sustainable because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not doing it because you actually want to grow and advance yourself. Um, or because you had any level of respect for what that person just told you. Um, whereas when you're, when you're letting yourself sit in the stink of it, um, it's something that a, you won't forget it. And it's clearly a pivotal moment in your life as you're going through this transformation. I think that's probably what all the discomfort is, is you're literally experiencing some sort of transformation. Um, and that's, what's causing all the discomfort and the conflicting thoughts and, uh, emotions that are rattling around inside of you, but it's necessary in order for, uh, like you say, a, to have time to discern, um, is this feedback that I really need to take into consideration and, and implement. Um, but B also give yourself time to understand what this actually means for your actions moving forward. Um, and without giving that time to think and reflect and sit in all that discomfort, how, like, how, how are you supposed to know how to, how to rectify something? How are you supposed to know, um, what motions to put in place or, or, or how to start showing up differently? Um, whatever the feedback was, if you don't give yourself that space and that period of time to actually think it through and sit with it, it's, it's in my opinion, the only way to actually be on the receiving end of really tough feedback. It's to let yourself sit in all of the ick that comes with it. And, and I think also just really accepting that no one, no one got anywhere in life. Like, like we were not born just innately knowing how to do all of the things that we do. None of us were not a single person. So the only way that we can get better at things is to learn from Mm. other people and to recognize that we are not individual entities moving through the world completely independent of each other. Like this is the entire root of human connection, right? Like we, we learn from other people. We learn from doing, we learn from interacting all of these things. This is, this comes part and parcel with it. And then we get to choose what to do with it. And it's, it's hard. It's so difficult. And this can be a really great area to improve things like communication skills and everything like that, because these can turn into hard conversations. But if you are open to it, if you can allow your ego to be pulled out of the conversation for a minute, because your ego is often what prevents us, like, like the ego prevents us from, from taking the hard feedback. That's ultimately what it comes down to because the ego wants to think that we're right. And those are the moments where you can thank your ego for trying to protect you, for trying to keep you comfortable, for 
for you doing the best that you could with the information that you had at the time. And now you have new information. So what are you going to do with it? And that's when it starts with, okay, is this information that is useful, helpful, potentially? Yes. Okay. Then how can I take this and put my ego to one side for a minute? And the, the most, the most intellectually intelligent people that I know in the world, in, in the world are, they're people that openly admit that they don't have all the answers. Yeah. The people who, this has actually been shown scientifically, the people who actually know much more little are the ones who get so convinced that they know everything about a particular topic or, or whatever. It's the people who are actually often at the top of their field that are the ones who regularly will give answers like, I don't know, or we aren't sure yep. yet, or uh, that's really helpful information. Like they're, they're open to different things. And that openness is actually a sign of greater intelligence. And it also like that all ties into self-worth mm-hmm. um, and enoughness and self-efficacy. Like I mentioned earlier, like, do you feel, do you believe that you are enough with what you're coming to the table with? Are you okay with not having all of the answers? Are you okay with not being the expert in all areas that everyone else wants you to be an expert in or expects you to be an expert in? Have you positioned yourself in a way that has caused that expectation from other people? And now you are trying to live up to that and put yourself through all kinds of hell of trying to know absolutely everything for everybody so that you can respond to every single question. Right. Um, And again, when the feedback comes, it goes back to what we just said. It's when you get called out about something that you're lying to yourself about, it all ties in. Like, can you be okay with not knowing everything? Can you be okay with um, someone else having a better approach than you? Can you be okay with someone believing that things need to be done wildly different than you decide to do things in your life or in your business? Can you be okay with all of that? Right. I find that the people, like you said, that are more, um, in tune with their, their level of worth, what they bring to the table, um, how confident they are in how they show up with what they've got. Those are the people who are a little bit easier to give the feedback to, but I don't, I also don't think you get into those, into those, um, spaces or ways of being without a lot of personal work. Um, and if you can manage to get to that level, if, if we're talking specifically business, you don't get to that level of business without a whole lot of personal work. So, you know, feedback to me, a person's ability to, to receive it, um, discern whether it's actually something they're going to take with them and apply or something they're going to tell you to go take a hike with. Um, <laughs> and the ability for them to process it is a direct correlation between the amount of work that that person has done on themselves. If, if, if I give feedback, like if I gave you feedback on that, on that VIP call and you told me to, you know, go, f- go, go, you know, stick it where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, Emily, I think you've done a lot more work on yourself than that. So maybe I should try a different <laughs> angle to giving you this feedback, you know? Um, yeah. But that, I think that also gives me the confidence in you're going to be able to know what to do with this because I know how much work you have and continue to do on yourself. And I know that it's something that um, you're able to digest and manage. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel the same way about you and and yeah, you're making so many valuable points and, and I just kind of want to say this and, and then we'll start to wrap it up is that, um, I think that there's a huge amount of value in, not only getting, you know, really clear on, on your sense of, of self-worth and, and doing the work in those areas for a variety of reasons, not just so that you can take feedback, but that, that translates and has a trickle down effect in every other area. But I think that it's also really important to note that when we are doing that kind of work, it doesn't mean that 
you don't know enough right now to show up with whatever knowledge you have right now. So go out there, do the thing with the knowledge that you have and just being open to the feedback will continue to make you even better at what you do. It doesn't have to mean that you have to have all the answers right now because the best experts in the world don't have all the answers and they're still always learning and growing. That's the reason why they become experts is because they're open to that kind of, you know, when it's valuable, when they're open to that kind of feedback. So that's and because really they too started with what they knew. Exactly. exactly. I, I think it's really important. It's such an excellent point that you bring up. It's not letting yourself start something or embark on whatever type of journey uh, you're looking to put yourself on because you don't think that you have enough or you think that the feedback's going to be too intense or you think that you're, the, the good feedback's not going to be there or that people won't like what you have to say or appreciate what you're doing or agree with your approach to whatever it is you're doing. If you don't let yourself start, you're literally delaying not just your growth, but your life. Like you're delaying your life experience by not taking action on whatever the heck it is you want to take action on. You're delaying it. And and you're also delaying the inevitable growth that comes with it. And yeah, it's painful sometimes. Feedback's painful. (laughs) Growth of any kind is really freaking painful. But, you know, I think about like, what if you and I, because how long have you been like full-time in your business now? Like three years? Three years. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. About the same as me. So imagine, like, let's just take us for an example. Imagine (laughs) you and I were still working in our corporate jobs. A, we wouldn't know each other. No, uh, we wouldn't know 99% of the people in our lives and networks Definitely right not. now. Yep. <laughs> and we would have still been sitting there in our jobs <laughs> trying to work up the courage or some sort of bullshit feeling of readiness in order for us to be good enough to start. Like that would have been like three years. Imagine doing the last three years all over again. It's like, Oh my God, please. My worst nightmare. <laughs> right. It's like, Oh my God. I'm so glad I started this three I years can't ago. Redo the last three years. <laughs> I'm so glad I let myself start three years ago. Like so freaking grateful. And all I knew how to do is make a friggin' Facebook group three years ago, but I started with what I knew and I was open to feedback and open to failure and open to sleepless nights and open to um, people making choices about whether or not they wanted to stay in my space. Um, open to people not liking the changes I was making, open to people feeling disappointed with decisions I've made. Um, all of that, right? It's it's the thing that we avoid the most because you said it, our ego tries to keep us safe from feeling all of those icky feelings that come along with every single one of those experiences. Um, but that's where we have to rise up and and give our egos a talking to be like, nope, no, no. I need to take this one. So just back off and let me feel the burn on this one because you do it once you let yourself experience it once the next time it happens, it's so much more emotionally, um, easier, I guess, to experience it. It doesn't make it easy. It just makes it easier than the last time, um, that bandaid got ripped off. So. Like, that's my advice to anyone who's, if you're, if you're listening and you're delaying what you want to do in your life, whether it's personal or professional, like you, you could be sitting there thinking, all right, we're in, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like maybe now is the time where I sell my house and go buy a camper van and do the adventure that I've wanted to do for the next, you know, year. Right. If, if you're not doing that because you're worried about all the criticism that's going to come from your family and everyone telling you that you're irresponsible and that you should just be grateful to have a job right now and whatever other feedback is going to come your way, then this is an opportunity for you to discern. Is this feedback in my best interest? Um, is this feedback going to prevent me from uh, living my best life or is it going to help me live my best life? Um, so, yeah. It's not easy. It's, I don't think you, I don't think you ever get to a point where you're like, that didn't hurt anymore. I'm so glad you told me that. 
Um, but you just become more resilient. And the more you grow, the tougher the feedback might get. Like if, if, if yes. you shared me that, that feedback three years ago, oh, I may never have gotten out of bed again. <laughs> that's true. That's a great point. Steamrollered by that kind of feedback. So that's like bringing it sort of full circle back to that resiliency piece that you were talking about where it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to receive it, but it, it feels a little bit easier to know what to do with it yeah. and how to, to grow from it. And, you know, when I look back again, like from the version of me three years ago, the only reason why I'm where I am is because I have taken such tough feedback over yep. the years. The only reason why I am where I am is because of that. Yeah. yeah. It's necessary. It, it's a necessary part of it's life. A, and if you're going to grow into the human you want to become. I mean, whoever said feedback is a gift, it's such a, it's such a cliche statement and it's overused to the point where no one actually listens to what it means anymore, but it's true. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it at the time. It feels like, like there isn't a nice present that that's been dropped off. It feels like a steaming bag of dog crap on your front porch. It's like, I didn't ask for that. Like, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> What's the return policy on this thing? <laughs> uh, but it is a gift. But again, you got to allow yourself to move through it. Give yourself grace. You may bounce back from it super quick. You might be wallowing in some self-pity or some shame or some regret or um, you know, maybe some, even some level of self-loathing for not seeing it or, um, letting yourself, you know, go down the path you did, whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot that can come up, but letting yourself have that experience with the intention of obviously coming out on the other side of it, um, better, stronger, more resilient, more courageous than Yes it is a gift, even though it doesn't reveal itself that way upon receiving it. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has just been so much fun as always. Where can everybody find you? Uh, best place to find me. Uh, my personal business and brand is businesswithsarah.com. I'm also over at I am Sarah Swain on Instagram and my publishing house is gcwpublishing.com. Amazing. And this will be the fourth time I've asked you this, but I'm going to ask you again anyway. Uh, if you could give me, because I want to see how your answer has changed each time. I, if, I forget the question. I'm nervous now. <laughs> if you could give people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Oh man. Is, and you've asked me this every single I time. Have. Ever. <laughs> I would be able to tell you what I said. Shifts and evolves with you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm interested to know what the heck I've said in the past. I might have put a clip together from, from the last three, uh, you should. Previous three be, ones. Yeah. yeah. Give me some Instagram <laughs> content, <laughs> giving people advice to grow into the best version of themselves, man, it's space for me. Like that's, that's probably the truest thing for me right now is space. Um, and this will be true for you too. If you're the type of person that is, uh, highly productive, highly, highly busy, uh, working at Mach 5 all of the time, um, not leaving much space in your calendar or filling said space in your calendar with more things that you can feel accomplished and proud of. Uh, that's me. And when I operate at that rate and I don't allow myself to have that downtime, I don't allow uh, any form of self-care in my life. I don't allow uh, any time for intentional connections um, or, you know, deep, meaningful relationships and conversations. It's that I would say in the last nutty ass year that we've had, um, that has, uh, slowed my growth, I would say, because I've been so head down and focused and it hasn't been until this year, um, that I've started to go, okay, what can we actually learn from all of this? What am I learning about myself? Um, and without giving myself space to ask myself those questions and to give myself time to just think and reflect on things instead of being busy doing things, um, then I don't, I don't really get to get to know myself on a deeper level. So that's what's true for me right now is giving myself actually the space to grow and think and reflect and expand 
Um, yeah, space. That's my answer. That, that's a great answer. And that's a, a really beautiful reminder for all of us, including me. You and I were kind of talking about that a little bit before we jumped on, but it's just like, okay. <laughs> well, I also think that's why space feels so, space feels so uncomfortable to me, right? Yeah. Um, because that's that's where my growth is occurring right now is in the space. And I was, I was saying to you earlier before we got on the actual recording, I was like, there's just so much space in my life right now because I've basically automated myself right, right out of my own business. And all of a sudden I have all this time on my hands and I am uncomfortable. And <laughs> that's why it's like, Oh, we got lots of time to think now. Lots well, of time that's to the reflect. pandemic is it like, even if you had space, if you had space in like a more normal world currently, because at times this recording Canada is basically still completely locked down. Don't even get us started. And it's snowing. And it's snowing. Yeah. It, you're in Alberta. I'm in Ontario. It's snowing in both places right now. <laughs> it's April <laughs> and there isn't much for us to do with said space. So then it gets real uncomfortable real quickly. It's real quiet. <laughs> it's <a little> too <laughs> quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you. I adore you. Thank love you, you so too. much for being on. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.